welcome to the Awaken, Heal, and Thrive podcast. I'm Benjamin Bernstein, and today's episode is called The Law of One with Aaron Merritt. This episode is sponsored by my book, the number one Amazon bestseller called Instant Divine Assistance, your complete guide to fast and easy spiritual awakening, healing, and more. Just go to Amazon, search for Instant Divine Assistance, or click the link in the show notes. I publish both audio and video versions of Awaken, Heal, and Thrive, so take your pick. The video versions are on my YouTube channel called Benjamin Bernstein Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to Awaken, Heal, and Thrive wherever you get it. And if you have not already, be sure to click the link in the show notes for a free chance to win a full year of my Awakening Plus online membership. That's a $189 value, and I announce a new winner every month. In fact, I announce our July 2023 winner later in this episode. Keep your ears peeled if you've entered. I'm dropping new episodes of Awaken, Heal, and Thrive twice per month around the 9th and 23rd. So without further ado, here is my interview with Aaron Merritt. He is one of the people behind Toto, the Temple of the Open Heart, and he's also a deep dive studier of the Law of One. And most of our discussion today is going to be about diving into the Law of One. We're going to assume that people may not know the first thing about this or what the heck is the Law of One, but Aaron's going to break it down for newbies and help you understand some of the really life-transforming wisdom it shares. And uh, he'll also let you know about this wonderful organization he and his partner BJ have launched called Toto, the Temple of the Open Heart, and how it's supporting people in their spiritual journeys too. So welcome, Aaron. Thank you so much. Good to be with you, Benjamin. Yeah. So uh, just to start, do you want to give people just a quick sense of how you got involved with the Law of One, maybe a tiny bit about you so they can get to know this wonderful person I'm talking to? Sure. That sounds fine. So, uh, well, I'm I'm uh, a bit of a independent spiritual seeker and have been for I don't know a good a good over a decade I would say and um, you know so I'm always interested in finding out what are some really bright sources of spiritual teachings and information and guidance as you know I try to figure out what's going on you know what 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 uh, what am I here for what am I really you know what's at the basis of my experience. Um, and so that journey led me through all sorts of really wonderful, finding wonderful teachings. Um, and then I think it was in 2014 or so, I um, came across the law of one. I think I had heard of it before, but but hadn't really um, gotten deeply into it. And uh, I started reading it. And as soon as I started reading it, I was like, oh, this this resonates on a very deep level for me. Um, and I couldn't get enough of it. I just I it, it it came out. There was originally there was five books and I, I made it through all five books pretty quickly. And um, as I was reading it, I just knew that this is a part of my path. This is a part of my what I'm here to do to help other people connect with the material. And it just resonated um, as truth to me. So um, ever since then, I've kind of taken it as um, a, a fairly central teaching in in the in all the the teachings and people I consider teachers, Ra, who brought forward the law of one and the law of one material have have kind of found their way pretty centrally into my cosmology. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so then in tw- I think it was 2016, um, of course, you know, we started the law of one study group um, mm-hmm. because you hosted it at your house <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> over the years. And um, and we had a really strong group in Asheville come together and and study weekly and go through the material um, and it it has turned out that it's a really powerful way to gather people around such a inclusive philosophy, spiritual philosophy of oneness. We're all one and we're all making our way back to the creator. And that was a really empowering um, teaching and lesson that people really seem to, you know, vibrate with in Asheville. And so um, over the years, we, um, you know, we found a, a growing sense of community around that study. And in 2019, um, my partner BJ and our friend Red uh, founded a church organization called Temple of the Open Heart, and um, we've been we've been slowly guiding and stewarding that creation um, for the past four years, and um, have you know have experimented with different offerings through that organization. Uh, we currently have a uh, an online membership. Well, it's both online and and some in person, <clears throat> but people all over the world. Um, are are able to join that, and we offer weekly 
um, study of the law of one. And we also offer other study groups. We've studied Walter Russell's Secret of Light. And BJ is now uh, running a weekly uh, study group for Rupert Spira's book, Becoming Myself, uh, Being Myself. And um, yeah, we do we do um, a monthly in-person gathering. So there's a variety of, of things we're doing through that organization. And folks can can check all that out on uh, toto.org, T-O-T-O-H.org to see more about that. Sweet. And the law of one is channeled material, right? Correct. Do you want to kind of give people a little background on how the, the channeling actually happened? Yeah, I think it's probably really helpful to do so because um, there are, of course, lots of people channeling. There's been lots of channeled uh, um, books and, and writings and, you know, different teachings that come through a channeled format over the years. And um, from what I can tell, the Law of One is a pretty unique uh, channeling situation. In other words, the energetics and the specifics of what was going on in the channeling is somewhat um, different than some of the other channeled material out there. And um, it it took place in the early 80s, and the channeling was um, was organized by a group called LL Research or Love and Light Research, who were based out of Kentucky, and um, they had actually been practicing. Um, meditation and channeling for a number of years to um, kind of set the field, set the tone for uh, preparing for what happened in 1981 when when they first made contact with an entity known as Ra, who is R- the same entity. Say that's again. R-A, that's R-A, like the Egyptian. R-A, word. yep. And it's the same entity that that most people will, will have an association with Egypt and the pantheon of the Egyptian gods. Um, Ra did have an involvement in earth history in ancient Egypt a long time ago. And um, so in 1981, um, when Jim and Don and Carla, who were the three main folks at LL Research, um, were were getting ready for a standard channeling session, they got a surprise guest who was this new to them, this new figure named Ra. And um and they began a steady contact with with this entity named Ra. And what was unique about it was that Ra is actually a fairly advanced soul or a group of souls. In fact, it's a whole planetary collective of souls. And um, and a lot of the channeling sources, the, the folks on the other side who are who are offering the information typically are from either a fourth or a fifth density energetic vibration. And Ra is at a late sixth density energetic vibration. And so they're a little, they're a little further along the, the, the path of spiritual, you know, the spiritual evolution path than we are. They're in fact they're 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 quite advanced. And so that makes it difficult for them to make contact with us third density beings because they have a very, very narrow band transmission. They transmit in a very subtle way. And so the the primary channel, the primary person who was bringing through the channel was Carla, Carla Ruckert. And she happens to have, uh, uh, you know, a makeup in her mind, body, spirit complex that allows her to be a, a, an advanced channel. And she um, would go into trance and Ra would transmit their message through her directly. And so it wasn't as though uh, they were speaking to Carla and Carla was translating, hearing the message of Ra and then translating through her own words. In fact, Carla was in a, a trance state. And Ra was able to speak directly using her vocal cords and her, you know, her her body to speak their message. And that's that's a fairly unique channeling situation. Um, and the other thing that made it possible was that there was three uh, people in the room when the channeling was happening and their harmony as a, as a group of three and their love for each other made a very strong metaphysical container that made the, you know, made the contact possible. And they endured in those contacts for, um, I think it was about, uh, three and a half years, up four years, and they had they had a total of 106 sessions with Ra, and over the course of that time, Ra was able to uh, you know explicate the philosophy that is their primary teaching of all is one, the law of one, and mm-hmm. that includes some pretty interesting um, depictions of the cosmic plan and of soul evolution as we experience it here on Earth. Wow, great overview. Uh, I noticed you stuck in a little bit of law of one jargon there, mind, body, spirit complex. Um, so why don't you break down that term and, and give a tell us how that's a taste of kind of how Ross speaks sometimes? Yeah, that's a great 
that's thanks for catching that. It is a little bit of a <laughs> jargony term. Although I think for a lot of people, it won't be difficult to to um, kind of, you know, translate or make sense of that because we do, you know, in a lot of spiritual systems, we understand that as humans, we have, of course, we have a body. We aren't our bodies. We have a body and we have this incredible, you know, mental capacity that is our mind. And we also have a spiritual dimension. And so from Ra's perspective, those three aspects are the the three primary aspects of what we work with as we're as we're experiencing life and as we're you know as we're seeking the creator and as we're evolving we of course use our body to move around and sense um and have you know interface with the physical reality and then our our mind is what we use to think and to process our experiences and our spirit is more of like what connects us to our source Mm -hmm. um you know it's it's that it's that invisible portion of us that that connects us all to each other and to and to the creator and so they they call instead of calling us people or humans, they refer to us as mind body spirit complexes. And it's very technical, right? It's a little bit it's a little bit more more difficult to say that. But in a lot of their transmissions, they use these fairly technical and very precise words um, instead of what we might use colloquially to refer to ourselves and to different aspects of the creation. They'll they'll use kind of more technical terms. And the reason they do that is they're really trying to point to the truth um, and really help us see beyond the illusion, uh, what's known as the illusion um, of of, you know, the solely materialist reality that we, you know, we, that it feels like we're in. Mm-hmm. There's there's more to it, they say. Yeah. Let me let me uh, I'm trying to think through a perspective of someone who's just first now encountering the law of one. Let me do a little stage setting. Um, so. I know that the law of one has been around for decades, obviously. And do you have a rough sense of about how many people are studying the material globally now? Even a rough sense of just how far it's getting around these days? I, I wouldn't. I don't. I mean, I could take a guess. I know. I do know that um, there was a big spike actually in 2020 mm-hmm. in in the readership of of at least the um, there's an online website um, called uh, law of one dot info. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, that's a, a volunteer project by a fellow who makes the makes the material available for free. And in 2020, um, there was a spike in traffic to that website. So so maybe because a lot of people found themselves with a lot of extra time on their hands, they were <clears throat> quarantining or, you know, yeah, or just seeking to find answers for all the confusion in the world. Um, there was a pretty big spike in 2020. And um, and there has been a big a big, I would say, um yeah, people are are being turned on to it. So whether it's through the the llresearch.org website, which is the website for the the group who originally brought the channeling through, um, who are still active, or through buying the books or through Law of One Info, there's there's there is a, a large growth of readership, and I'd probably guess that there's maybe, you know, probably in the hundreds of millions of people who are reading it. Hundreds of millions. Yeah. Okay, so this is not just fringe material. This is out there in a pretty strong way. Then it's getting it's getting pretty strong. I mean, it, it, even even in in 2014 when I first read it, if I was to try to you know talk to people, hey, have you heard of Law of One? I would rarely find somebody who who was like, yeah, I know that material. Yeah. Um, but now it's uh it's different. It's changed even just in the last you know nine or nine or ten years that there's been a big a big uptick in how many folks are turning on to this uh, source of teaching. Cool. Uh, another question some some of our audience might be having as well. This stuff was channeled back in the 80s. Things have changed so radically and so much. Is this stuff even still relevant? What would you say to that question? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I mean, I think there's a there's a, a mostly yes and, may, and maybe a somewhat no. Is There's two parts to my answer. Okay. The, but the, the mostly yes is Ross says very clearly that, um, you know, their mission like their purpose, what they what they say, like, why are they even around Earth? Why are they making themselves available to teach what they're teaching? They are a messenger, a humble messenger of the law of one. That's how mm-hmm. they describe themselves. And the law of one is the, the core of what they're here to share. And that message, that teaching is timeless. It is relevant to spiritual seekers everywhere in the universe at any time. <laughs> as soon as soon as we become conscious beings, that message is 
going to be a helpful perspective to contemplate. Um, in a time, and then that's a timeless way. That's a universal truth and a universal teaching and a universal perspective. And um, so that will never, you know, sort of become dated. That message will never become dated. Um, mm. It's it's as evergreen as it gets. <laughs> Sweet. And um, in and as in their conversations with uh, the group when they were going through their channeling sessions, they would get into more kind of historically local topics. They you know they would talk about um, Earth history. They would talk about some things that were going on, um, you know, in the in the 1900s. And um, and, you know, there's some there's some parts of that that may not be as interesting or as relevant. But even that, um, I think, is pretty interesting to contemplate some of the alternative perspectives that they bring through that have to do with Earth history that aren't really a part of our standard tech books that we learn in in, uh, you know, in our schools. And, um, you know, I think it can be valuable to contemplate the uh, some of the uh, alternative information that they bring through in that portion of the teachings. And what Rob would say was that's transient material. And they have this sort of metric of like, if it's if it's not relevant, if it's not going to be relevant 10,000 years from now, then it's not relevant to us. We don't care to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, they'll do it grudgingly, but, you know, only because they were asked, right? <laughs> right, that's right. They're so, more interested so, in those timeless pieces. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, uh, some of our audience might be wondering, well, all very well and good, but why should I bother even continuing with this you know, episode? How is it going to help me to know this material? Can you just give us a few quick bullet points of ways in which a person's life might be demonstrably improved by, you know, connecting with this material? Sure. Yeah. Well, I will say uh, off the bat that there, there's, um, there's a phenomenon that Ra teaches about that um, some souls who are on earth have incarnated here actually from another planet. And who've come to be of service at this time. And they call those souls wanderers. And a lot of people who make their way into, uh, you know, to to discovering the law of one um, might be wanderers. And they say specifically that they they give the message um, to help wanderers. It's mm. it's very relevant for for native earth souls as well. Um, so, you know, there's kind of two groups that might find themselves learning about the law of one and wondering if it's for them or not. And um for for uh, both groups, there's there's some there's some pretty deep um, you know messages for them that that if they resonate, um, you know it seems worth worthwhile to to continue checking it out. And that's the key, I would say to folks. If it, you know if they if they hear these ideas, they hear these concepts, maybe they read the first you know the first session um, to check it out themselves. If it resonates, that's that's the main key. If people find an inner yes to like discovering more, that's what I would recommend folks pay attention to. And if it doesn't resonate, that's totally fine. It's not for everybody. This isn't this isn't necessarily going to be material that does resonate for everybody, or at least um, in the beginning, I would say. Hmm. So check uh, for resonance. Yeah. And and I remember Ra, you know, I've been through the material more than once with our study group. And uh, I remember Ra very clearly saying, do not believe anything here just because we're saying it, test it. Don't take this as, you know, gospel truth, you know, check it for resonance with your own life. Believe or not believe anything you like. I love the uh, take the best and leave the rest kind of approach that they give as they channel. Yeah. What, right. would, you, what would you say? Um, is there if you could say the one way my life has been made significantly better because of the law of one material, some something in the teaching that really changed my life significantly? What would that thing be? Would you say? Mm hmm. That's a really good question. I would say um, reading what Ra has to teach has helped me gain a little bit of a more mature perspective on my spiritual path and my spiritual journey. Um, and most specifically, I used to feel a pressure to, to wake up to the truth and to get my spiritual work done and become enlightened and be the best version of myself, you know, as quickly as possible and get it all done in this lifetime. And, you know, I need to wake up and, um, and, you know, I still feel pretty driven as a student. Um, and I still feel interested in growth and I, and I really strive to, to, um, transform and, and, you know, do my inner work and, um, and wake up as much as I can. But Ra teaches a perspective that, you know, our journey as souls 
through what they call the octave um, is is a profoundly um, rich and long journey. There's, it's a galactic like uh, journey that we're on. We all spark off from the creator and we go through these densities of what they call densities of consciousness. And there's all these different lessons. And it, it starts in the first density where it's all about the elementals and um, and the, you know the mineral life. And then in second density, it's biological life. And here we are in third density, which is 75,000 years long. And it's all about making the choice, choosing the positive or the negative path. And it continue on, continues on beyond here for millions and millions and millions and millions of years into the higher densities. And it just helped me realize like, oh, okay, I'm not, this is not a one shot, one lifetime thing. And that's <laughs> a part of the design. And it took the pressure off, honestly, for me. I, it, it, mm. It helped me kind of relax into it. Um, and in, in some ways, it helped me be a maybe a little bit more firm and committed in my path because um, it, it it'll take as long as it takes, you know, and I'm and I'm um, I, I feel confident that I'm connected to the universe. I'm connected to my creator. And um, it's mysterious sometimes. I don't always I don't always know that directly. <clears throat> but um, Ross teachings just shares that perspective of it's all one. We're all connected in such a clear way that it helped me relax into that perspective mm. and feel more. Um, okay. I'm in it for the long haul. I'll do the best I can in this lifetime. I know I'm coming back again, whether it's here on earth or somewhere else. And uh, yeah, it just helped me kind of like take a long view perspective on what I'm up to here. And it helped me kind of settle in. So uh, that sounds like it It relieves a lot of stress and anxiety and helps you just be more calm, just knowing I have as many times as I need to get to the ultimate destination kind of idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good restating of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The way I, you know, that's also one of the perspectives that really helped me in studying the material. Uh, I boil it down to the game is rigged and everybody wins. <laughs> <laughs> because if I understand the teachings correctly, you know, Ross says, once you get to mid-sixth density, whether you chose the path of light or the path of darkness, they just go back to oneness again. And the only way forward to the finish line is to go back to unity. So regardless of how angelic or how despotic you were, at the end, you're back to union. And that's literally the only destination because it's all God and all of it's going to come back to oneness when the universe wraps up. And so it's like everyone's guaranteed to make it to back to oneness. There's literally no, nowhere else to go is my understanding. And yeah. that to me was a huge relief too. saying, wow, what a, no matter how unfair it may appear in an individual lifetime or at a given moment in history to know that, you know, these humans are just these blips of, you know, incarnation, you know, there's so many of them, you know, beyond just that one incarnation and ultimately it's all going to work out, you know, is a, is a great relief for me too. Yeah. 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 And the other thing I would say is, it's so empowering. It's such an empowering teaching. Um, and it really it really comes down to every soul has everything they need to take themselves all the way home. Mm. Now, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean we don't you know, that teachers aren't valuable. Um, certainly that's not the case. But we each have this um, this part of ourselves that Ra calls the higher self. And it's um it's with us in every moment. And it's basically from Ra's teaching, it's um, it's this future version of ourselves. It's literally this version of ourselves that that is very close to the end of their journey in this, you know, in sixth density, late sixth density. And um, and they turn back towards us. And they're it's like this inner guru. It's like we each have this part of ourselves who's already fin almost finished the whole journey and kind of knows everything that we're going through in, in the most intimate possible way. Mm -hmm. And if we can just quiet our minds and we can just um, allow ourselves to tune into our own intuition and our own inner voice, quiet inner voice, we can gain the most valuable teaching that we need in any moment from ourselves, from our own inner, um, inner life or inner planes. Mm -hmm. We also have, teachers, you know, spiritual guides and teachers on the inner planes that we can connect with. But one of those, the, maybe the most important of those teachers is ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's just so empowering. It's just such an empowering, you don't need to go outside of yourself to find the truth. You don't need to go outside of yourself to find healing. In fact, it all really happens within us. And it's just a very 
empowering perspective. Mm, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'd like to uh, share a little bit about, you know, I should, I should, in all fairness, ask, answer the question I asked you, what's the one way the law of one has most profoundly impacted you? And it, it's on a thing we've already touched on, which is the whole idea of good and evil. Um, and, and please, I know you've studied the material a lot more than me. So if I get any of this wrong, please correct me. But, um, the way again, raw in its very particular phrasing, instead of saying good and evil, it says service to self and service to other, a service to self person. Um, then I'd love the way raw phrase. He says, all beings serve the creator, a service. Well, you and I would be a service to other person where we want everyone to come out. Well, you know, kind of a win-win vibe. A service to other persons sees the divine in everything and everyone. You know, every every ideally you want to just perceive divinity everywhere all the time. But a service to self person only sees divinity in themselves and doesn't perceive divinity around them. So anything around them, therefore, can be manipulated, taken advantage of, abused, you know, and, and it doesn't really matter. It's all just collateral damage to them. I, I don't care what happens to the things I interact with as long as I come out all right, you know. And if I understand the teachings correctly, like you said, the whole point of this third density or human level experience is choose that path of service to self or service to other. And, um, and, you know, for so most of my life, oh my God, you know, like my father, for example, you know, chose not to believe in God because he said, no God would allow the Holocaust. Right. So um, how could a, a, a worthwhile divine being allow such horrible things to happen here on earth? And the law of one says, well, some people here are choosing the path of darkness purposefully. That is their chosen path. It is a valid choice. You get to graduate Earth on the path of service to self. Although I think Ross says about 90% choose service to other, about 10% service to self. That's right. And, and those are valid paths. And, and what I love about it is that in the service to self people serve a valuable purpose for the service to other folks because they catalyze them. They're always trying to take advantage of any weakness the the people on the path of love and light are doing. And that's our goad to uh, recognize, okay, I've got a, a wound that needs healing or a consciousness that needs expanding or a power that needs to step into. So that dark being can't mess with me anymore. And, and didn't, didn't Ross say that there was a prior universe where earth was all a paradise and, and all the humans just lollygagged around because it was so great. And they said, well, they're, they're kind of making a bottleneck here. We need to next time around, we need to put some service to sell people in there to kind of prod them along. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, basically, <clears throat> except it wasn't an alternative un or prior universe. In fact, it was a part of the Milky Way galaxy in its earlier, <clears throat> like the solar systems that came maybe, I'm going to say billions of years ago that are closer towards the center of um, the Milky Way galaxy. They had not yet, those galaxies were not yet operating uh, with the spiritual technology of what we know of as the veil of forgetting. Oh. The veil, the veil that is the 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 mechanism that makes it so that when we're born, we don't remember our past lives, we don't remember our spiritual nature, we don't remember our interconnectedness. And um, you know, earlier in in this galaxy, that had not yet been um thought of by the logos, by the being that creates the galaxies and the suns. And in the third density experience of those solar systems, everything was quite peaceful, but it was quite bland as well. There wasn't a lot of contrast of experience. And souls weren't moving through third density um, very quickly at all. People, souls were just reincarnating and reincarnating and reincarnating because there was no impulse to, there was no drive to seek because it was very, it was very peaceful and it was a very pleasant and comfortable experience, but there wasn't a drive upward. There wasn't a drive to, to seek and the, know the creator in a more full way. And so there was, uh, there was some logoi, which are another word for the beings that, um, that sort of are the original creators of solar systems um, that invented the veil. And the veil is what allowed us to come into form in third density, not realize we're connected to one another. And in that, and in that way, um, decide to abuse each other or to try to get over on another one another. And that actually was the birth of the possibility of the negative path, the service to self path. Um, and that was a part of our galactic experience. And that's a whole, it's a little bit of an advanced portion of the teaching, but but there's a whole piece there about realizing like, oh, the the what makes negative or evil possible is not outside of the creator. It's not separate from the creator. It's a portion of the creator. The creator is everything. The creator is infinite and the creator is 
ultimately always connected with all of its creation and all of us as as portions of its own soul. Um, and the law of one's teaching about, you know, quote unquote, good and evil through the lens of positivity and negativity is a very unique. And from what I have seen, it's a very unique um, uh portion of the philosophy a lot of other spiritual systems or religious systems have a different way of describing good and evil and sometimes evil is thought of as kind of being um separate from god or mm-hmm. against god and and in ra's teaching it's not so much the way it's a, it's a little bit paradoxical to get into this and it's and it's more advanced but um but yes i really appreciate what you say about the ra's teaching of good and evil and how that um that helped me too when I when I learned about that, yeah, it's, if I could share a, a personal experience, um, a few months back in one of my ayahuasca ceremonies, I was taken to the level of unconditional love, or at least as much of it as I could get to, because I asked, "Can I be more like my partner, Spirit Song, please?" Who is just a natural being of unconditional love, and I went to this space, and it surprised me so profoundly because you know you think of love, oh, all gushy, heart chakra, warm, fuzzy kind of energy, but this was like just vast. And there was no warm fuzzy at all, but it was just a complete acceptance of all of it. And I realized this level of consciousness, you know, is as completely accepting as of darkness as of light, of evil as of goodness. And it was a little shocking at first to, you know, be there because my human self is so different because, you know, I, I like to say that in awakening, there's paradox because com- seemingly contradictory things can be simultaneously held. And for me, that means I can know that level of unconditional love where I'm embracing all without exception. And then my human self is adamantly on the path of service to other. I only want to serve the love and light. I don't want to serve the darkness in any way. And it may seem weird that I can hold both those at the same time, but um, I kind of get what Ra's doing with describing that, that phenomenon. So I just wanted to share that. I don't, I'm not trying to steal your thunder here, but it, it seemed like an appropriate story to share. Oh, I love hearing from you what has what has impacted you positively from the material. It's great. Oh, thank you. Um, so uh, my guess is if someone is going to be intrigued by Law of One, what we've said so far will have tickled their fancy if they're open to it. Um, what else would you tell someone who is just now being exposed to Law of One in terms of how they might enrich or benefit themselves by, you know, learning more about it or reading some of the material? Yeah, well, one one. Um pretty fundamental thing that Ra teaches, um, and it comes pretty early on. Again, I mentioned there's 106 sessions, but starting in session four, four, five, and six, Ra gives this really condensed teaching about um, how we can how we can really um, go about healing and balancing ourselves. And the teachings they give about healing and balancing have to do with um, exploring the polarities of of our own minds and of our own bodies. And it's a pretty interesting teaching. It takes a little bit to understand. Um, it's in a way it's quite simple, but what I find is it's just so different than how, than, than our normal like approach to life that it takes a little bit to understand what they're saying. But um, once you sort of, once you get into it a bit, you realize that um, yeah, they're giving us a way to, again, be really empowered on our own spiritual journeys. And how do we do the healing work that allows us to experience these states of consciousness that are more unified and that are less, you know, at odds with the people around us or the universe around us or the stories we have of God even, you know, how do we heal those wounds or those places that we feel separated? And it's quite um, practical and valuable. And it comes early on in the readings. So that's something to look forward to for folks who do feel like they want to, you know, dip their toes in a bit is um, is the teachings that Ra gives about healing and balancing. Sweet. Okay, so um, for some reason, I'm being um, my understanding now is the material it has been out for decades. You know, it all all the channeling is free on the website. They can even hear the original recordings on YouTube if they want to, although it's really slow. <laughs> and there are a number of print books that I think have they put all the material into audiobooks now as well? Um, that's a great question. I At haven't listened the, to the audiobooks, but they prob I'm pretty sure they have. I'm pretty sure that they've yes. And Jim is the one who uh does the audio on those, and I'm I'm pretty sure they're they're all 
made available on, on Audible. And Jim is the last remaining person alive of the original three who did the channeling. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I'll, I'll just speak from my own experience, you know, having done deep dive study for several years of this material, it's just mind boggling. Um, if you want something that'll just blow your mind open, like the very best science fiction can do, except it's real. Uh, at least I believe it is. <laughs> it's, it's extraordinary and it can, it can make sense of a lot of things that you think, well, life seems so unfair or what that makes no sense. And this material, um, can help give understanding of how the universe, what I like to say when I summarize it for people, it's, it's the best explanation I've ever seen of life, the universe and everything. Yeah. This is like the big picture overview. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll add to that. The two things that, um, that come through in the teaching that do that, that give the big picture are the, there's two maps that Ra sort of, that Ra describes. There's the map of the, of the galactic journey that all souls take all consciousness takes and that's the densities mm-hmm. and there are these these seven stages of of consciousness learning these very distinct lessons and all galaxies in the entire universe go about the evolution of consciousness through these same phases it's a universal map universal pattern of the evolution of consciousness so it's this incredibly helpful orienting frame or map of like, how does life in the universe, everywhere in the universe progress? Um, And so that's a really helpful, you know, orienting piece. And then the map of each of us as mind, body, spirit complexes, we have these nested energy bodies. And it's, it's well known as the chakras and the seven chakra system specifically, which of course is a very ancient system that that information has been a lot been on earth for a very long time. And Ra just kind of gives a slightly maybe um, updated take on it. it. It's completely congruent with the Vedic teachings of the chakras, but they, you know, they just give a modern, you know, English language take on the chakra system and what that really means. And they, they, you know, they say it fairly simply of what are those, these different energy centers in our bodies? What are they about? What are the lessons that each of us um, might be, exploring um, how do those relate to the chakra systems and how do we use that system, that part of ourselves, that energetic part of ourselves um, in, in the, in the course of our spiritual journey in the course of our spiritual evolution. So that map of our energy bodies and the chakras is also very helpful, very orienting. So what else do you feel like it would be helpful for a, a newbie to understand about the law of one before we shift to some other topics? Um, well, the final thing that I think is really interesting is Ra talks about how um, when a person kind of becomes interested in or makes contact with the mystery, the mysterious quality of life, these things that can't be understood through, you know, the sort of scientific rational frame. It's a very valuable frame. The scientific rational frame is very valuable. But there are some things that just are completely outside of that paradigm that we can make contact with. And when we do that, we're basically, um, we're tuning with the infinite. We're tuning with the, the, the true nature of the creator. And that can happen through, some people have UFO sightings. Some, some people have, um, you know, contact with entities who are non-physical, either through dreams or in the waking state. There's all sorts of ways that people will have these experiences that are mysterious and that they don't um, they don't know how to make sense of in the conventional frame and to to become interested in that and to lean into the mystery is to begin to attune to the creator itself and to that infinite dimension of the creator and i i found that really interesting actually as you were saying that uh, there's one more topic i'd love you to address on law of one (laughs) at least one more we'll see um and you touched earlier on the idea of the wanderer uh, the person who is, I, I would phrase it here on earth on special assignment. They're not native here, but they're helping out. And um, could you talk a little bit about that, especially in the context of what the law of one says, this is a very powerful graduation period where it's actually when a lot of souls are are ideally supposed to be wrapping up their last earth incarnation, moving from our third density here onto fourth density, the next major level up and why there's such a flood of wanderers here and how earth is maybe a little behind schedule at the moment. Yeah. 
Well, let me just take a step back first and say <clears throat> for context that um, Earth's situation is a bit unique in that um, there are souls incarnating here. And I'm not even talking about wanderers. I'm just talking about third density souls incarnating here who are coming from 16 distinct planetary origins. Um, and that's a fairly unique situation. So, so right at the get-go, 75,000 years ago, Earth um, took in or um, absorbed uh, all the souls that were that were incarnating on Mars. Um, Mars had some catastrophe happen where there where through war and bellicose action they had destroyed their atmosphere and they were no longer able to to incarnate on on Mars. And in order to continue their spiritual journey, they needed they needed to go to a new planet that could support their life. And so with in cooperation with some higher um, members of this organization called the Confederation of Planets in service of the infinite creator. And that's an organization that that Ra is a member of. A different member in that organization that was not Ra assisted the Mars souls and brought them to Earth right at the beginning, right as right as Earth was coming into its third density cycling. So so self-aware life, human life. Um, and that, you know, brought um, all these souls who weren't native to Earth here to to be born here and, and you know, and continue journey, journeying in third density. Well, that that was a lot of souls that that made up actually half of the human population at that time. And then there were souls from other planets who had not made the graduation when their planets finished their density. They had not quite um, polarized sufficiently to to move on into fourth. And they came here instead to continue the third density lessons. Um, so there's 16. What Ross says is there's three major and 13 minor planetary influences. Uh, who basically who have sent souls to earth. Hmm. Um, and and so all those souls are cycling and it it creates a condition where you have all these different origins of souls and it makes it quite difficult for us as a whole planetary entity to unify our seeking, to unify our sensibilities and our, you know, what are we up to as a planetary self, as a planetary being, as we as we try to wake up to our to our oneness as a planet you know, as a sort of like, as this Gaian body, mm -hmm. uh, it's been a bit difficult to do that. There's a lot of, of course, there's a lot of warring. There's a lot of conflict between nations and, and races. And a part of that has to do with our soul origins. And so we have this condition as Earth is approaching the end of its third density cycling, um, where a lot of souls are actually kind of caught up in what Ra calls the sinkhole of indifference. Mm -hmm. And that's when a soul doesn't sufficiently choose positive or negative it just kind of like spins uh back and back and forth between those two poles and is kind of muddied in the middle the gray middle and um you know most of these souls are folks who eventually will choose the positive path these are good people um who are generally interested in in caring for others but just get caught up in the day-to-day -day, you know needing to needing to think about their own material welfare and comfort and for one reason or another just kind of get caught up in some of the minor conflicts of of being a separate soul and um and don't make the choice and so we're approaching uh, the end of third density where where no the, eventually the window will close no more souls will be able to come in who are interested in the lessons of third density and it will be a fully fourth density experience and so um so higher density civilizations um who are on the positive path are sending delegates here as wanderers to try to help the situation to try to come down become a fully become a human by being born into a human experience they fully become a member of earth and are completely earthlings at that point um and then their duty is to try to bring try to lighten the load try to <clears throat> raise the vibrations of the planet bring those qualities of fourth density and fifth density which are love and wisdom um, sixth density, which is the balance of love and wisdom or the knowledge of oneness and um, and just and and try to um, help increase the possibility that souls will will get their work done, make the choice, polarize sufficiently and join the next wave of fourth density on Earth, which what Ra says is that Earth's fourth density will be a positive experience. So only those souls who are interested in the positive path will 
will, you know, will continue to to um, to incarnate here. And all those souls who have chosen the negative path will go to a planet who is solely negative. So there are some planets who are fourth density negative and their entire experience is about becoming really good at war and empire and control and, you know, all the negative stuff. The Game of Thrones planet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's great. And that was a beautiful, I, you know, I'm trying to imagine myself as a newbie hearing this and it, I think you expressed it coherently and clearly. I, I love that about you, how well you're able to communicate so simply and clearly and even eloquently. Yeah. So thank you. Well, and remember, um, Benjamin, there, there is that video that BJ and I with Red's help put together. It's on YouTube. Um, if I don't know if it's easy, but if I'll link if, some, it. if anybody, you know, who watches this kind of wants like the full, you know, we do a two hour description of the law of one. It's very condensed and, 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 you know, it's a lot, it's a lot to make it through, but you're welcome to link that or, you know, oh, share that with, with yeah, your, send with me your the viewers. link after we're done and I'll include that in the show notes. Yeah, we'll do. Very cool. Awesome. Okay. Any other uh, thing you, I mean, we could talk about law of one for, you know, days, but um, anything else you feel would be super helpful to share now before we touch on some of the other stuff you're doing? Yeah, there's one more topic that I think it's I think it would be helpful to bring up, which is the UFO topic. OK, um, actually, when so Don Elkins was the one who founded the group, the L Research Group, um, and he was I mean, he was just a dedicated seeker. He, and he was an intrepid student of um, the paranormal. So all of these things were happening um, UFO sightings, UFO landings, um, contactees, abdu abductees. He was interested in these things in back in the, you know, the sixties, starting in the sixties. And it was really, you know, his, his, uh, his interest in the UFO topic actually kind of was the doorway for him into some of these deeper spiritual topics. And that, I think that's, that's true for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And, um, so there's a whole, there's a whole UFO dimension to the teachings Ra talks a lot about through the through the um sessions they, they'll um through don's prodding and asking questions they teach about um sort of the deeper nature of the ufo phenomenon so sightings in the sky landings you know and um and i bring it up because uh it's a uh, it's current events there is this there is this you know this pretty big resurgence right now in the mainstream of um, the UFO issue now known as UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And even at the high level of government, all of a sudden people in Congress and, you know, people high, high level military folks are um, starting to disclose the fact that yes, and yes, indeed, these phenomena are real. They've been taking place for a long time. Uh, we have crashed material. You know, there's all these things that mm -hmm. used to seem really fringe Mm -hmm. And we're, you know, we're marginalized from a mainstream perspective, we're marginalized as crackpot. And that's changing. So a lot of people are going to find themselves trying to grapple with like, wait, what's going on? UFO, huh? <laughs> and, um, you know, and there's a, there's a perspective that comes through the, the raw contact, the law of one that can help orient folks to it. Because in fact, it's, it's kind of complicated because some of the sightings that folks have are of positive craft. Some mm -hmm. are not pot. Some are of negative craft. Mm -hmm. Some are physical craft. Some are thought form craft. Mm -hmm. um, and some are earth from earth. Some are not ET at all. They're from here. Huh. And so, you know, it's a uh, it's a lot to sort through. And, um, you know, I try to share the perspective of like, um, don't jump to conclusions. If you do find yourself trying to wade wade your way through these I, these questions of what is what is the ufo phenomenon don't jump to conclusions uh and and there's a lot that you can learn through what ra says about it that i think can be really orienting and helpful and balancing thank you yeah so uh i know in your your toto temple of the open heart you're also studying two other deep spiritual teachers do you want to just touch briefly upon those two and and the main juice you are getting from from those and why you're including them in the the Toto curriculum? Yeah, totally. Okay, so a lot of people will will have heard of this term non-dualism and the non-dual teachings. And uh, you know, non-dualism is basically just another way to say oneness, 
-hmm. So oneness is the positive expression of we're all one. Everything is one. Non-dualism is saying uh, things are not two. There, there is no two. Um, so, you know, so there are two ways of saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. and, and they're also both expressions of what is called the perennial philosophy. And the perennial philosophy is like, what is the natural truth of the universe? What is the natural intrinsic truth of reality? And any system of study or of practice, spiritual practice, that seeks to know that directly is um, is a portion of the perennial philosophy. So the hermetic traditions of Hermes and the teachings of Hermes, um, you know, Tantra. Um, there's there you know there's there's lots of, of of systems. Taoism. There's lots of systems that exist that I would say are part of this perennial philosophy. Rosicrucianism. Mm -hmm. And so really, that's what we're interested in, in the Temple of the Open Heart, is what we call open source spirituality. So we're, we're, on the one hand, we're very deeply influenced by the teachings of the law of one, and they do end up kind of being fairly central to our, you know, to the material that we study. But we don't make that into a dogma, we don't make it into like, this is the truth. We really value a spirit of critical thinking, skepticism, and um, you know every spiritual seeker is going to resonate differently with different teachings, and we really honor and value that. So we also have been including other um, perspectives, other teachings that you know I would say are a part of the perennial philosophy. So the ones that you know we love, BJ and I, and um, who are doing most of the facilitating of these online groups uh, are the uh, the cosmogony of Walter Russell. He is a fascinating um, American polymath who um, had this profound mystical experience and um, and was able to to turn his mystical experience into this very comprehensive teaching about um, how the creator creates the universe out of light, how everything is made of light, how we're made of light, everything is connected through light. And he gives this very detailed teaching about light and how light forms all matter. Um, so it's a bit of a, a mix between the science of light and the philosophy of oneness. Hmm. And it's very congruent with Ra's teachings. Um, and so um, there's a famous book or one of his most well-known books is The Secret of Light. And so we... Um, we we made our way through that book and recorded those sessions. They're all available on our YouTube channel for free. So that was one. Uh, I'll link to of, those as well. Great. And then um, and then there's a there's a teacher who Bija and I are both really positively impacted by. Is a modern um, maybe a, an idealist or a um, a non dualist who's named Rupert Spira, and um, he is just a gem of a teacher. He's so capable of pointing to the non-dual teachings, the non-dual truth in a way that's very accessible, very, very down to earth. And um, he's written a few books and they're very they're short and easy and lovely reads. And we're making our, our way through um, one of them called Being Myself. And all of our um, all of our study group sessions are recorded and put on our our YouTube channel. So if anybody wants to check any of those out, you can. So the live sessions are for members only, but you're then freely distributing the recordings. That's right. It's very generous of you. Yeah. Cool. The the um the purpose of Toto, Temple of the Open Heart, is we call it positive evolution. So so of course we um everyone, you know, who's in the organization and in the leadership, we obviously uh, consider ourselves to be on the positive path. We have chosen the positive path of seeking. So we're interested in serving others. We're interested in unity and love and truth and serving that. And um, and we're trying to energize the, the maximum um, success of Earth's journey as it completes its third density cycle. So we call that positive evolution. So we recognize we're all on this evolutionary journey together. Earth is in an evolution, evolutionary journey, and our mission is to empower the positive timeline, to try to help as many positive seekers as possible, to try to help the success of Earth 
making that transition in as positive and maximally beneficial way as possible. So mm. positive evolution is our game. And, you know, we try to we try to bring our passions, our gifts, what's unique to us um, forward and express those in ways that can help others as much as possible. Wow, it's beautiful. So uh, thank you for that beautiful summary. Um, so if someone wanted to uh, check out Toto, what would what's your like bullet list of here's here's the things that can make your life better if you get hooked up with Toto somehow? Well, we we have a like I mentioned before, we have a, we have a membership. Um, it's called Toto Collective. And for folks who want to who are who are really interested in having more um, contact with other positive seekers um, can do so. So we have a we have a, a telegram channel that's for members only where we have a variety of topics, including studying the law of one and all the study groups have their own topic thread. And that's a way for people to um you know, be connected and be able to talk with others who are on a positive spiritual journey and, um, you know, just have the experience of community. Hmm. A lot of folks where they're at feel what we've learned is they feel isolated. They might be drawn to some of these um, esoteric teachings. They don't have a lot of contact with folks in their day-to-day lives that share that with Mm -hmm. them. So for a lot of people, um, they, you know, they they can feel isolated. They don't have, they don't necessarily feel resonant with maybe the the spiritual communities that are available where they are, which often is like churches and more conventional, you know, communities, which are wonderful. You know, it's a wonderful experience. But some folks won't necessarily resonate with those, you know, the, maybe the more dogmatic approach of churches. And so pe- people feel lonely. So we're trying to make a space for people who are um, really open minded on a on a positive spiritual path and are looking for folks who are who share that sensibility can come together Um so, you know, if you go to the website, toto.org, T-O-T-O-H.org, there's information about the collective there. And, um, and we, you know, we make the memberships as accessible as possible, um, sliding scale. And so, you know, we're not doing it for profit. We're just doing it to try to help in our own little small way. Mm. Yeah. And I'll just, you know, if people are watching my podcast, that might be resonant with me. I, you know, have known most of these total people for well over a decade and they're people they're people i feel very close and resonant with and i can vouch that toto would be a wonderful if you're vibing with what aaron is saying here and want some deeper community to study these deeper more soul level things um i would definitely recommend checking it out if you're resonating with aaron and what he's saying if you're if you're vibing with aaron you'll definitely vibe with toto (laughs) thanks benji you're welcome all right so um no more questions are coming to my mind. Um, what else do you feel would be helpful to share here? I mean, I sort of just want to, I don't know exactly how to encapsulate it, but I want to send out encouragement to everybody listening or watching. Um, these times that we're living through right now are um, can be incredibly challenging. There's a lot to be afraid of. There's a lot, there's, you know, there's a lot of big things happening in the world that seem really scary um, and that are really scary. And, um, you know, it can be it can feel hard to be on Earth right now, you know. Um, And so I just want to share some words of encouragement of if you're here, you're here for a reason. You chose it, Um, you know, and it may not they may not be readily available because sometimes we forget we before we come in, before we before we incarnate, um, you know, we do a lot of work to decide what the incarnation is going to be about, where we're going to be born who our families are going to be, what kind of lessons we're going to explore. Um, and there's a lot of work we do behind the veil. And then we're born and we forget all of that. And then we find ourselves stumbling through life, making all sorts of errors and mistakes and, you know, often not feeling like we're living up to our own standards. And, uh, you know, it can feel hard and we can feel really lost sometimes. And so I just want to send out some uh, words of encouragement to everybody. If you're here you're meant to be here. You're part of the team. You have a unique gift to bring to the world and just, um, you know, stick with it and pay attention to what your joy is, what brings you into joy. Um, what do you love? What are your passions? If you follow those, those will bring you to your gifts, your spiritual gifts that you're here to share with everybody. And I just encourage everyone to really pay attention 
to your own happiness, to your own joy, to your own peace. Seek it and allow yourself, give yourself permission to really pay attention to your own um, well-being, to your own healing process so that you can bring forth what you came here to bring because um, we really, the earth needs us. It needs us to show up and to um, bring forth our unique genius. And so, yeah, it feels hard. It feels sad. I share my compassion with everyone who might be going through a rough patch. Stick with it. Um, I love you. The universe needs you. It needs us all to be showing up. And um, yeah, that's what I want to share. Again, just to remind folks, everything Aaron has mentioned is going to be linked in the show notes. The Law of One page, uh, the link to Toto, the YouTube videos he's been mentioning. Everything is going to be easily linked in the show notes if you want to explore this deeper. And if you do resonate, I highly recommend it, this Law of One stuff. And the other things that Toto is teaching are really extraordinary and can be really positively life-transforming. So, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, thanks for taking your valuable time and and lighting up a few more people. Any final words before we wrap this episode? Yeah, well, I just want to say to you, Benjamin, I'm honored. I really, you know, I respect you so much. I I see you standing in the world and your work uh, as a beacon of light. You're sharing so much uh, beauty with the world through what you're offering. And I just want to acknowledge you and honor you for everything you're doing to serve others and to, you know, to bring your genius into the world in the unique ways that you do. And I just, I just respect you so much. And I really appreciate you having me on today. Oh, thank you. Well, I mirror everything you said back to you, except that you're not having me on today. It's the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today, Aaron. It's been a, you're welcome. Thank you. On the Mm -hmm. podcast. Thanks. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Also, as I record this on July 19 of 2023, my book, Instant Divine Assistance, Your Complete Guide to Fast and Easy, Spiritual Awakening, Healing, and More, has received 130 ratings on Amazon and 84% are five-star. In this number one Amazon bestseller, learn how easy it can be to experience spiritual awakening within seconds just by requesting it from your higher self, quickly and permanently heal a serious challenge, even one that's caused you years of physical, emotional, or mental suffering by delegating the work to your inner healer. Call in any kind of energy you want, anytime you want it. Heal and bless others simply by calling it in and being a hollow reed. Thrive in a new normal of harmonious living, enhanced intuition, joyous fulfillment of your responsibilities, and bliss. You can do all this and more with the Instant Divine Assistance Invocations. This book gives you everything you need to master them. Plus, you get free access to guided recordings and other valuable online support that will speed up your personal evolution. For over 12 years, the IDA Invocations have dramatically improved thousands of people's lives. Isn't it time you also experienced how quick and easy spiritual awakening, healing, and so much more can be? You can buy Instant Divine Assistance on Amazon for as little as $4.99. There are three versions, ebook, paperback, and the brand new hardcover edition. It's also available with Kindle Unlimited. Click the link in the show notes and be sure to buy the authorized copy by Benjamin Bernstein, not the illegal pirated version under another author's name. Also, The events in my Awakening Plus online membership range from bubble bath gentle to shamanically intense. They support your individual healing and awakening, as well as global spiritual awakening. We also have community-focused events where members ask questions and connect with each other. Not a member yet? Join one of our free events. Two calls are open to the public each month. Experience how Awakening Plus can accelerate your personal evolution. Hundreds of satisfied members make up our supportive online community. Would Awakening Plus also be a good fit for you? As of July 2023, members receive these exclusive benefits. At least nine of our monthly Zoom events are members only. Some members attend lots of live events and some don't do any. In fact, most members prefer to experience our events when it is best for them, choosing from an archive of over 575 life-transforming experiences. Amazingly, the recorded events are just as powerful as the live ones. We even have an easy-to-use best-of guide to help you choose the event that will help you most right now. 
There are three major courses so far with more coming. There's a members helping members service. You can pair up with an accountability partner if you wish. You get constant support from the Awakening Plus group energy field, and that's not even everything. Click the link in the show notes to learn more or go to awakeningplus.com. That's awakeningplus.com. I announced earlier that we're giving away a free membership this month. This is the announcement for that. Um, a lot of people have entered their names. This one is Kathy with a K. In fact, this is the one whose email starts with the word Kathy. There's only one. So if that's you, Kathy, please email me, Benjamin at astroshaman.com, and we will get you set up with your free one-year membership to Awakening Plus. Congratulations. And to everybody, thank you for being here. Once again, I am Benjamin Bernstein, and we are wrapping up. Please leave me a five-star rating, review, or comment wherever you're getting this episode so others can also awaken, heal, and thrive. And be sure to click the link in the show notes for a chance to win one free year of my Awakening Plus online membership. Thanks again for spending this time with me. I wish you infinite blessings. <laughs>